0: Welcome to the That Super Weird podcast. I'm your host, Christina Hart, bringing you hot takes on weird takes in faith, dating, politics, pop culture, recovery, and life. I've joined forces with my co-hosts and guests to offer laughter and honest commentary on weekly notable headlines and personal stories that are, well, super weird. Nothing is off the table, including my exes and the story that got me blocked by Babe Ramsey on Twitter. So let's do this. Hi, everyone. And I'm here with my friend and colleague, Seth Landers. Seth is actually in my living room right now. And I am in my office because I could not figure out how to have both of us in the same room. (laughs) So I brought him all the way over here to my apartment so that he could sit in my living room. And he's been so patient. Um, Seth and I work together at a rehab here in Nashville. And he, on the first day, he trained me and it was just so funny because we sat down and he was like, so what's your story? Like, why do you, why are you in this field? <laughs> and, um, we just connected and we have a lot of fun. We also probably annoy everybody else, but Seth, uh, I'm glad that you're here. Say hi.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Um, Seth is currently getting his master's, uh, in social work, right?
1: Yes, in social work. I graduate in May, so I'm almost at the finish line.
0: Yay. And what is it that you are graduating with a focus in?
1: Um, so it's trauma mainly, and then I'll be able to work in pretty much any mental health or substance abuse misuse field, um, which encompasses a lot, Um because life is trauma.
0: Yes, <laughs> basically. That was like what we connected yeah. on. It was like right. I sat down and you were like, I'm gay. I was like, okay. And I was raised in a Christian household. I'm like, oh, tell me about, tell me more. And yeah. um, why do you think that you and I both, <laughs> but why do you think you specifically are attracted to the field of trauma, Mental health recovery and just patients that are people that are struggling um, to unpack the things in their lives that have caused them, you know, pain? Um, Loaded question. No pressure. Absolutely, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I think, like, the
1: most honest and accurate answer I can give would be as humans and as, like, the human experience in general, we can all relate to, um, like, underlying pain and suffering at some point in our life um which sounds dark and depressing but it's just reality of living this experience altogether. um we can all relate to feeling hurt or abandoned or used or whatever it may be so i think um i've been in that position before where i've needed someone to be there for me in a different way that like family or friends can be there for you um so i think I want to be, well, I know I want to be that person for someone else. And I know that I have the skills that um, are needed to be that person. Uh, but yeah, that's the simplest answer I can
0: give. <laughs> no, that's really good. <laughs> and what's, what's funny um, about our relationship is to the listener, Seth and I quote unquote bitch to each other a lot about like difficult things in our lives or just day to day what is going on. Right. But at the right. same time, You and I share an extremely empathetic and compassionate view towards people, which is probably why where the bitching comes from, because you're like, why do I care so much about this person? Yeah. So like (laughs) Seth will be driving home from work. will call me and be like, oh my God, I just am really upset but like, it's fine. Do you want to go on a walk? I'm like, sure. (laughs) And then I will literally call him the next day with the same experience because part of working in the helping fields is like, it's really rewarding because you get to be a part of people's processes and be an outlet or, uh, you know, whatever it is that you are to that person in that uh, moment. But at the same time, leaving that at the job and, going home and then also dealing with your life and your trauma and the pandemic and whatever else is going on can be a lot. So Mm -hmm. how do you handle balancing all of that?
1: I don't. Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Some days I don't for sure. (laughs) Um, I have to be, well, I have to hold myself very accountable. I think also I have a good support system of people that I can call and like you said, we call each other quite often. Um, but I have a few different people that I can do that with because not everyone's always going to be available. Um, and that's just something that you learn in life how to figure things out when not everything Mm -hmm. is how it should be or how you want it to be. Um, but yeah, I think my self care routine is individualized and realistic and attainable for myself. Um, which it has to be if you want it to work for you. Um, yeah, and i I think all, yeah, I'm just a very open and talkative and friendly person um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Um, and I think that just makes it easier to be able to like, I don't know, not take life so serious sometimes. I think I know for me I use humor as a uh, mechanism to deal with hard things sometimes when i'm not just ready to really um go through the trenches of healing trauma because that is a lot of hard work and you have to embrace the suck of it um but i think humor is a great way to just you know not take yourself too seriously not take life too seriously because you will make it and it will um a new day will come but yeah i think humor and just self-care and <laughs> yeah no
0: none at all Could not i don't be deflect Ill. anything at work. <laughs> um i'm so good man i can't wait till you're a therapist and i can hire you <laughs> yeah you're, i mean you're already like an unpaid therapist both at work and right. here <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as you, i mean price, as a, as a, like a future <laughs>
1: therapist our our uh going pay rate is Basically, working for free.
0: So, <laughs> I know. Welcome to the social work field, everyone. You can right, pay yeah. to get your degree, and then all of your friends will make more money than you, <laughs> and they'll ask mm-hmm. for your advice on everything, and you'll have to give it right. also for free. <laughs> right, right. So, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about your upbringing in a very conservative church, your childhood. Your high school experience who was someone that you could trust and confide in during these formative years of your life?
1: My like high school experience was fun. I loved high school. I was definitely not the person I am today or a healthy version of myself um, but for what it was like I did enjoy that part of my life I would never do that again as that person but um, I think during that time, I had a lot of unhealthy relationships, but one pretty healthy relationship that I had was with a lady that worked um, for one of my dad's companies. And we just, she was like a second mom aunt figure in my life. And I think she was very influential in me coming out. Her brother was gay. Um, and I think she knew without me telling her. It probably sounds pretty obvious from the conversation that we're having and the way I sound right now, but I used to really, um, I was an actor, you could say, in high school. <laughs> but um, she, I think, I think she- I think
0: you sound really smart because you are really smart <laughs> and nobody knows right. what we actually say to each other. No. <laughs> right. But yeah, that's so real. I think we all, to an extent, were acting in high school. I yeah. definitely- was whether or not I knew it,
1: <laughs> right? I mean, as a today's society, we're all conditioned to be a certain way, and when we're not, we don't fit into that mold. It becomes a game of like survival, um, sometimes literally. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think her name was Jennifer. Um, so I would go to my dad's office and sit and talk with her for like hours about all these things. She was the first person I came out to. Um, wow besides like my close friends that were also my age but she was like in her 40s probably um but yeah she was just someone that i was probably 19 18 or 19 um like fresh out of high school but yeah she was just someone that you knew that you could go to with whatever and she would have healthy advice, not someone that just says yes. And she would call me out on the things that I need to be called out on, um, which is very important, I
0: think. Mm. I know that part of your upbringing is quite traumatic. I say this like I'm mm-hmm. smiling at you because you're smiling so you're so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so I know like, Seth has these highlights that I'm so upset looking at my highlights versus his hair highlights. And I walked into work, and he's like, "I was like, what color is that? It's like sand brown, or so what is sand? Sandy sand, blonde?
1: Yeah, like what a level sand cool. I don't know the cool number. Cool
0: sand? Like, yeah, cool sand. Yeah,
1: cool sand. Cool <laughs> sand. So not like we're ready for um, summer. summer tan, but um, it's cold Oops. outside. Maybe some like winter cool, winter white cool sand. Blonde. Yeah, I love. Yeah. It. I'm
0: just gonna bring you to my next time. Like, I need this." <laughs> Okay, so you grew up in a Christian conservative household, you could say. Just
1: Yeah, so like my family is for sure liberal on every other issue, but like religion and oh. <laughs> me being gay.
0: Wow. That's,
1: yeah, wow. it's odd. It's really odd.
0: What experiences did you have growing up that were confusing and difficult for you? with your sexuality and religion?
1: I grew up in a like Southern Baptist church in a tiny town outside of Nashville. So, and that was very much like you, if you drink, if you lie, if you, any, like anything that you hear about in TV show movies about how like the evangelical side of christianity is like a cult that's the church that i grew up in um Mm -hmm. so like me kind of knowing knowing as a child that i was different from everyone else and that thing that made me different was also the thing that was going to send me to hell for the rest of my life i was going to burn an eternal fire um that was constantly being thrown like that was our church that was our sermon it was not like a Let's yeah. go to lunch after church. It was like, let's make sure that we're mentally okay after we're told we're all going to hell for whatever it may be. Right. Um, so I think that was a constant struggle of like, I hate who I am. I can't tell anybody who I am because I'm going to be ostracized and go to hell. So I'm going to be in an awful place on earth and then also an awful place yeah. when I die. So what's the point? Um mm-hmm
0: and how can there be anything loving on earth or outside of earth right. if that's your experience right. in in both realms mm-hmm. or whatever you want to say wow that's so yeah. heavy man that makes me so i yeah. cry that makes me so sad because i know there's so many people who resonate with your experience and have that experience and even for me, going to the SBC conference, I crashed it. And I grew up Pentecostal, so I had a little more freedom in the way that I thought, in the way that things were imposed upon me versus the SBC. <laughs> there were still strict views on certain things. But the SBC was a whole nother ball game when I went. I felt like I was in 1945. And I can't imagine being raised in such a strict construct like that. I think it's evident under all denominations from your experience and my experience growing up and others I've heard that this emphasis on judgment and on hell that was induced on us at such a young age has lasting impact that people are now walking through Mm -hmm. and having to quote unquote deconstruct or just figure out, wait a minute, how did that impact me and the way I think and how I process things even as an adult now? So for you, what did healing look like? What did healing from that mental process to where you're at now, to where you believe you will be in the future, what did healing look like for you from that experience?
1: Like my father, who's my stepfather, but he's my dad, um, wanted to move my mom and I to his church that he grew up in, to he grew up at which was a Presbyterian church in the same town. Um, So I went from a Southern Baptist church, which was just like, you said, oh my God, and now you're going to burn in hell Mm -hmm. to the Presbyterian church, where it's like, Mm -hmm. not (laughs) like that at all. Um, And they're much more accepting. But then you lose the relationship part of spirituality. Um, I felt like, so I was like, I know that I need to have a relationship with, whatever this is that I'm looking for. Um, And I'm not finding it here at this Southern Baptist church. And I'm definitely not finding it here at this Presbyterian church, but it is something that's important to me for my life. So like, where do I go to find that support and also be myself? But it's not the church because there's not a church where I grew up in that would affirm me as who I was, who I am. And also help me on that journey of, how do I navigate this like weird and crazy world? Cause everything's just so like black and white. And I felt, but so I just like stopped yeah. whenever I was able to drive, i just stopped going to church and got a job and <laughs> scheduled myself on Sunday. So I wouldn't have to go to church with my family because it was just not like a good time for me. It was not, I was not getting anything out of it and I was just becoming resentful to everyone that was there and that was around me and that was making me go. Um, and I'm not a resentful person. I don't want to be, but um, so I think it it was just mm-hmm. most definitely part of my journey. And that right. sounds so cliche cliche to say like, oh, I didn't. If I wouldn't have went through all of this, then I wouldn't be where I am. It, but it is very true. No, and I also have true. the story. And I think stories connect everyone. Like if we didn't have stories, we wouldn't be able to make relationships with people and like meaningful relationships that actually do something and push both people forward in those relationships. So I think that it is part of my story, even though it's a, and I would not wish that upon anyone. I'd just have to look at it that way or it's not good.
0: (laughs) I feel like that was a very powerful Ted talk. Uh, The spirituality piece, the relationship piece that you're talking about is very relatable to myself. And I'm sure to many because growing up and being afraid of judgment and hell uh, I think you lose that love piece and that relationship with God and with the Holy Spirit. like you re- you lose believing how loving Jesus is and was. So would you say now you have relationship that you feel like you didn't have growing up with a higher power um, or Jesus or whatever you believe in? And if you do, was there a time that you experienced a spiritual awakening or a moment that made you realize that, or was that over time? How did that come forth for you? I think one thing I love about the 12 steps, which we utilize at work, is the acceptance of yourself and other people exactly where you're at. And I love that.
1: I don't even think before I came out, I had had an actual like spiritual experience that I would claim as a spiritual experience. Um, because right after I came out, it was not, was not handled or accepted well in my family. During that time, it, things happened where I was kind of put in a position where the only thing that I could do was search for higher power, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that relationship that you have. Um, uh, and, and when I say relationship, I, I was always confused by that word until it happened to me. So I don't want anyone that is listening to be like, Oh, well, I've never like felt like I've had just mm-hmm. this relationship, but I've not, because when you think of a relationship, you think of two people that are like with each other a lot, or can talk to each other a lot and do these things together, whatever. And it's just like, ongoing and you build it and that like that's just like what i think of when you hear the word relationship um but when i mean the word relationship what that means to me with my higher power is just that immense peace that you feel that in the darkest day that you could have you can sit there connect with whatever that higher power whatever relationship whatever brings you peace and then whenever you feel that moment of i can breathe and not want to whatever x x I Z That's that relationship that I think is what the Bible really talking about. Um, I think it took me going through those dark days, um, weeks, months, and years um, to see that and have that experience. And I'm very grateful for all of that. Uh, and I know we're alone. I'm
0: crying. <laughs> no, and
1: like, I don't want to minimize it by laughing. I just I'm
0: feel just... like it's so, it's so powerful. No, no, no. I know. I know. No, I'm awkward. No, so I do that and I need to stop. But But I just think what you're saying is so real and it's like real life and your real experience. And it's the most real thing than anything that somebody could tell or impose upon you. And it's so powerful for people who just don't know that that exists for them too.
1: Yeah. And I think another big thing, which I've learned um, a few years ago, it's just something I find that I learned things, even if I've done the same thing over and over again, I'm gonna find something new out of that experience, regardless of how many times I've done it. So for some people, their higher power is being in nature and you're gonna find something new in nature every time you go. So I've had immense peace doing. Now I cannot go off the couch, but <laughs> the couch is giving me peace. So I'm gonna sit on it.
0: Uh, You're going to make, you're going to just be so good at whatever it is that you do, like whatever that path is that looks like. And it's funny because now I can kind of see, so at work you also, like I see you, we work in admissions together, so I see you on one side, but I don't get to see the side of you when you are with patients one-on-one or you're doing the family therapy. And now I can completely understand and see why. You're gonna. You're so good at this because you give off a very like accepting, but almost challenge accepting, but challenging. Not in like a hard way, but challenging in a. This is real. This is this is what it can it can mean, or this is what it can be.
1: Yeah, you just get to see me when I'm losing it and have no more empathy in my body.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Oh my god. Right. That's funny. Well the call oh man, it can be it can be like so intense. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, so switching over to somebody who is currently struggling with believing in themselves, with the relationship with the higher power, accepting themselves, someone who feels trapped or unsafe in where they're at, who's exploring or not understanding their sexuality, wanting to ask questions, what would you say to that person? That is an immensely loaded couple of questions. (laughs) But you're a therapist. You can handle it. This is what you get every day.
1: (laughs) I think all of those questions boil down to, like, self-love and, like, your worth, your self-worth. And I don't know, because I had, like, zero percent of self-love and self-worth when i was in high school and like growing up i feel like looking back um that's just a skill too like and that is you might start out at zero percent but the good thing about a skill is you can like hone in on it and build it throughout your life um so there's hope um and also if there are people in your way of you loving yourself um they probably relationship go. Um, Cause if it's not bringing you peace, then it's not worth your time. Um, and not, not saying that every relationship is just going to be peace constantly. Uh, it's definitely not. Uh, but I just think the things that are healthy for you and they're see, they're not going to be fun all the time. They'll definitely be challenging down um, and just say, I did something Healthy for me today. I did something that brought me peace. I did something that helped someone else um, in a healthy way. All of those things. Um, personal, Seth. If someone's in your way, they they got to go. They've got to go.
0: Yeah. okay. Okay. Oh, that's a good. That's a good segue. We're gonna ask professional Seth. We're gonna. I'm gonna ask you a question, and you give your response as professional Seth and as personal Seth. Okay. Cuz we're two. we are you have to be kind of two different people <laughs> in this profession because you can't yeah. you got to keep things yeah. professional and uh especially when we're, you're with someone who's expressing their trauma. Uh but yeah, there's an, it's it's really hard. You have to find a fine line, but then also your personality is what often attracts people to choose you and and open up to you. So if someone at work is crossing boundaries, and your boss let's <laughs> and your boss doesn't notice how do you confront the person or deal with the situation as at work? So I want to hear personal, Seth. And then, professional seth,
1: I love it it's if this is a win question when this person crosses boundaries, so professional Seth, to avoid h r would probably just say, "You know, Deborah, I really don't appreciate feeling this way when this happens
0: that's really good." It's also like you're an eight and I'm in like, so you're really good at confrontation. Yes. <laughs> love really it. love confrontation. <laughs> okay. Personal Seth.
1: Personal Seth would probably say <laughs> fuck around and find out <laughs> if that's what's going to happen if you continue down this path.
0: <laughs> it's so real though, because it's so real because you have the two sides. If she does not back up and acknowledge her zero self-awareness and then professional side is like we all have it's just our child cells coming out
1: yeah and like the good be like i encourage you to test that assumption at your earliest convenience and see what happens because that's where we're at (laughs)
0: that's hilarious that's amazing okay um, What do you do if you're dating somebody and you're suspicious that they are talking to someone else? And like the suspicion is most likely based on your own fears and assumptions. However, in the moment, you don't know that. And you're just like, oh, he's texting someone else or someone is like, I saw him at the bar. With someone else or something like that, what would personal Seth do?
1: Personal Seth, if I was dating, thank God I don't have to do that anymore, but um, because it's hard, I would probably blatantly ask, like, what's going on? And then Regardless of the answer, because someone questioned that and then brought it to my attention, so it's already in someone else's mind. I'll probably just want to talk to them again because mm-mm, I will not be known for that.
0: <laughs> no, thank you, and prof- and professional, Seth.
1: I feel like that's pretty professional.
0: I feel like that was
1: if if yeah no, I'm like very not above going through someone's phone either, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna do it like a sneaky way. I'm just going to say, like, er, you are being sus because I don't want to search. I don't want to waste my time searching. Just be up front with me because if you need to do that, then
0: uh-huh.
1: I don't need to be here. Period. Yeah. It's just like, come on. Come on, you guys. It's 2022. Up. We don't have time. Period. For this. Just All right. Say what you want. Do what you want. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Let me know when you're ready for this. Get back to me. Got it, maybe.
0: <laughs> I like that. What would you say? Okay. A friend comes to you and is like, "I need to borrow $500." I'm
1: in grad school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in grad school and I I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your friend comes to you. And they are pregnant <laughs> and they don't want to tell the guy, like they're not serious with the guy and they don't want to tell him because um, because he was like a one-night stand or like a two-night stand. What would professional Seth tell them?
1: Um, professional Seth would weigh out options first, mm-hmm. probably determine safety determine where that friend does that mentally, we'll go down that road and I'll be there to support and do whatever needs to be done as a friend. Yeah. Personal stuff would probably be like, do we need to fight him? Um, Why don't you want to tell him? Yeah, who is it? Does he have money? Because that might change our options. (laughs) Are we going to look for wedding dresses? What's going on? No, I think personal Seth would probably do the same. Here's the thing. Personal Seth and professional Seth bleed into each other quite often, um, which can be a good thing um, in my personal life. Uh, But in my professional life, it it has the potential to get me in trouble. Um, But in that situation, I think I would do the same.
0: I feel like after this episode, people are going to be like, Seth, I know you don't have your license yet, but I was just wondering if once a week <laughs> I could set up an appointment. <laughs> Can you imagine you like quit at where we were? Because you're like, oh, I did a podcast with Christina and I have 17 clients. <laughs> <laughs> <You're loved. laughs> okay. So in honor, so I do this last segment because I'm blocked by Dave Ramsey on the internet and he lives right over here. So I love to just brand myself and take advantage of that moment. Um, What was your last purchase on your credit card?
1: Um, My last purchase was either spicy margaritas at Bar Taco last night or my caffeinated bubblies that I drink every day this morning. But I don't think I use my credit card. I think I use my boyfriend's credit card for the bubblies.
0: Yeah. So he came into the office yesterday with this whole pack and I swear I heard he's like sitting next to me and I just hear and it's him opening another can and he's on the third can and it's one o'clock and I got in at 11 and I was like, Seth, what are you drinking? And he's like, it's these bubblies and it has nothing in it, but it's caffeinated and it has 0% everything, but it's caffeinated, which I don't know like how that works. I don't know what is in it. And, and then I drank one and was feeling great. <laughs> They're like, it literally is like zero ingredients, nothing but caffeine. And I'm like, what is, I don't understand, <laughs> but I need it. And I need it. And I asked Seth yesterday, I was like, oh, is that like, a, like, did you bring like a, a white claw to work? And he's like, at <laughs> a rehab. He's like, no, it's this bubbly. I only drink it because it's caffeine. Yeah. Or what did you say? I don't. I don't. Yeah. Drink I don't McCoy. drink
1: sparkling water. But the only reason I'm drinking this sparkling water is because there's caffeine in it. And yeah.
0: Otherwise, you just don't, or you, unless it's right. mixed.
1: Right. Unless it's a mixed drink, I'm not drinking caffeinated <laughs> anything, pretty much. But yeah.
0: Well, to this episode has been sponsored by. <laughs> But water with caffeine, <laughs> made from the gods yes. for the gays. <laughs> um, Seth, thank you so much thank for you being for here. Me. We love you. you. Where can people find you on social media and send you creepy DMs? Um,
1: I don't do Snapchat or Twitter anymore because it wasn't bringing me peace. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, also Snapchat is like so two thousand yeah and sixteen,
1: yeah, it's just like my Snapchat was definitely like um <laughs> let's just take a stroll down seths past sexual history, and it was not fun, especially when you're in a relationship, <laughs> but anyway, um, so my Instagram, I think is underscore Seth Landers, I'm not sure, but it's just my name.
0: Or more. Yes, it's underscore Seth Landers. And when do you graduate? May, May
1: 22nd. So, my birthday, I turned 25, 22, (laughs) um, on May 20th, and then I graduate on May 22nd. So,
0: whoop, whoop. Thank you so much, everyone. All right. Stay safe. Bye.